Hi, I'm Chris and with me is Matt and we're slowing down to connect with people around us between the miles. Hey Matt, how's it going my friend? How are you doing today? Man, I'm awesome. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I had a lot of anticipation for today's guests. Um, they were, you know, uh, Frankie and Rena were people that you uh, knew both personally and professionally. Uh, you spoke so highly of them. And, you know, our, our listeners are going to hear, but uh, man, it, they just, it was as if I was part of the family, you know? And definitely, uh, definitely. yeah, so, so, you know, why don't you bring our listeners into like just, uh, you know, maybe how you know them and, and, um, you know, a little bit about them before, before we, uh, we unfold this, this uh, episode. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Frankie and uh, Rena um, are a mother and daughter duo. I would say a power duo, Matt, um, in the mm -hmm. fact that uh, they um, are both in the videography and film business. They they run an, uh, a company called Storia Studio. We'll talk about the, the meaning of that and everything, but Storia Studio. And yeah, I, I've known Frankie for a number of years uh, through the ministry circles and everything like that. And and then a few years ago when I was starting Marathon Youth Ministry um, and was creating some online courses, I needed a videographer. And I knew that Frankie was involved in that. And that's when I met her mom, Rena, who um, uh, is, is more of the photography side and Rena is the videography side. And they do everything from, you know, helping people with their business like, like me to, um, you know, uh, family portraits, weddings, uh, little small vignettes and everything like that. They're, they're located right here in Baltimore. And, um, you know, Matt, what I'm really excited about our guests to hear is just their love um, of story, right? But also um, the amazing relationship that they have, which um, is kind of like, you know, you, you think about these family relationships where they work together and the family drama and everything. These two, you think that they are, are not only mother and daughter, and great partners in business, but best friends as well. And so um, really excited to um, have them unpack their story. So, and, and this is our first uh, show with um, with two people at the same time. So it, it definitely made for a fun dynamic. So without further delay, we are happy to present to you, Rena and Frankie. Frankie and Rena, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you guys. How are you both doing? We're good. good. Thank, thank you for having us. No yeah, problem. We're awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, it, it, it's fun to have the two of you on, um, you know, in, in a moment, I'll, I'll share how I know you guys. But uh, for people who might not know who you are, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? And uh, since there's the two of you and I won't make you fight over it, uh, mm -hmm. let's let Rena go first. So, Rena, uh, why don't you sure. tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So together we are Storia Studio. Um, and we are also mother-daughter. So it's kind of an interesting combination. Um, and we both s sort of um, found our love for photography and Frankie more for videography in college, me many years before her, of course. So um, yeah, we kind of were doing our own things separately, but always, uh, I always tell everybody we were helping each other so much with our projects. Um, I would assist her or she would assist me. So finally, one day we just decided, you know, why not 
combine this and start something new. So I think it's been about three years now that we created uh, Storia Studio. Um, so I'm more the photography end, she's more the videographer, but you know, we both do everything at this point, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome, and Frankie, how about you? Yeah, I mean, ditto, of course, what Rena said, um, you know, local to Maryland, you know, filmmakers, photographers. I mean, we definitely have a passion for small business. Um, we've worked with like a, a small business and nonprofit. We've worked with bigger companies and, and we've done bigger projects, but we definitely, we definitely have a love for um, a local in general. And so um, it's just really fun to work with my mom. I mean, it feels like second nature to work with her. It's not like abnormal because even since I was in high school, she was helping me with my photography projects or we were collaborating. I was helping her with her projects. So it just felt right to like combine it, you know? Yeah. We're, like I'm sitting here thinking about, right. Like what it would be like to work with my mom or dad. Um, it would be interesting for sure. Uh, but at the same time, like I'm thinking, you know, were you guys just sitting at the dinner table one day? Were you at an event? Like how the heck does this come about? I mean, I, I feel like there, it was multiple conversations. Like honestly, Rena can fill it out a bit more from mm -hmm. my perspective. Um, after college, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was working at a nonprofit for a campus ministry and I was um, working alongside different artists. And I was f filming and doing that, um, like kind of the solopreneur thing on the side, um, outside of Storia. At the time, I was just like freelancing on my own. And um, one day I kind of was thinking about changing careers. And I remember my mom coming I, at the time, my office was in her basement and she came downstairs and just sat on the couch and was like, Frankie, like, what are we doing? Like, why, why are we doing this? And I, the reason I held back for so long is because I was afraid I didn't have vision and that I was going to hold her back because she had vision for like a business. And I was like, I, I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm interested in so many things, but um, it just, it was in that moment for me that I was like, oh shoot, this could actually be something. And then many, many kitchen table conversations later, you know, deciding to go for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. It, yeah. It, it, I, I kind of always saw it, you know, in the back of my mind, I was sort of waiting and I would, you know, maybe put these ideas in her head, but she, you know, she was like, no, no, I, you know, I don't think that's, you know, like she said, I, I don't know how she thought she was going to hold me back because honestly, I was holding myself back anyway. So doing it together, it like she wants to do well for me and I want to do well for her. So it really, we're, it's, a, it's a perfect partnership because we're family and, you, you know, in our case, like who cares about each other more than mother, daughter, you know, so we're always doing the best for each other. So I think uh, I was so excited when she fi when we finally got to that point. I was like, "Yes, this is what I've been waiting for." <laughs> well, and that's uh, that's good. So you you saw that potential and uh, you yeah. initiated. Like, what were some of those things that stuck out to you where you're kind of like, "Oh man, like I I really want to work with my daughter. I really want to work on this together." Yeah, and like we said before, it was kind of already happening. I mean, she was part time freelancing doing a lot of um, weddings at the beginning. And then she would need help, you know, like I necessarily wouldn't go to the weddings with her, but I would like help her with the gear and pack up the car and 
maybe like she's like, Mom, if you know, drive me here so I don't I can get out quickly and you know, make everything work well. And then, you know, what do contracts look like? And so I was helping her behind the scenes. And then when I was doing my photography, I, I always like to have um, someone film like behind the scenes to give the client like this really cool uh, perspective, not just of getting portraits, but to show the whole photo shoot. And so Frankie was always filming that. So we were, we were doing it. We just didn't make it official until, you know, basically, I think it's been three years this three month, years. actually. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and, and so, um, you know, before we started, uh, got you guys on, I was explaining to Matt our, our history and, and how we connected and everything. And you, you mentioned, uh, Matt asked the question, you know, dinner table conversations. And as soon as he said that, <laughs> what popped into my mind is the kitchen table. Right. And so yeah. Matt, um, so for everyone listening, um, I'm not only friends with Frankie and Rena, but I'm a client, you know, too. Um, and so, <laughs> When I was launching my my business and wanted to do my first video course, I remember reaching out to Frankie and being like, how can you help? And so I'm coming to their house, Matt, <laughs> ready to like, I, I've got my script, I've got my props, I'm just like ready to go. And before we even started, they're like, do you want coffee? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll have coffee. And then sit down and there's cookies. And it was just <laughs> like, we talked for like, I think an hour before we actually started recording. Yep. And at first, you know, I don't, I didn't share this with you guys. At first I was a little annoyed because I was like, I got to get this done. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. But then I was like, then it clicked with me of they were disarming any tension that I had. And I'm totally presuming this is what yeah. your strategy was yeah. so that I could go in as natural as possible. And it worked. Um, and cookies uh, um, have that effect. Yeah. And, uh, oh, but, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about that. Like uh, the idea, like, you see that on your site, you're capturing stories, but your whole approach to um, uh, your clients, your subject matter that you're trying to capture, um, like what, what's that approach with connecting with them? It's all relational, right? Like that's how we see it, right? Like filmmaking, no matter what level you're at, I, I'm saying film, but this applies to photography as well. Um, you know, you think of gear, you think of lighting equipment, all these things, which are very important. Of course, the technical side is important, has value. But I found, we found that, you know, actually the relationships, how you make people feel is actually what drives our business. And um, like, even for you, Chris, like the story was in, the story is in there, right? And we know that like people are nervous before they go on camera. So it's genuine. Like we probably had those cookies anyways, and like sandwiches ready. It's like, you come over, that's just who we are. Like there's going to be snacks. Um, but also it's like, yeah, like we want you to like relax and like own your story. Um, and that's half of it. It's like the first like 15 minutes when you hit record on a video usually isn't actually what you use. It's like warming up with people. So we try to just put people at ease. We try to get to know them even before we hit record. That's just how we, how we do it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so far so good. So I know I, I, it is, yeah. it is strategic though. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're so, you know, we're so blessed to have the the home studio, which yeah. can feel, you know, sometimes I'm like, is that, you know, professional enough to have everybody at our, you know, at our home, but we did, we converted our garage to this, you know, humble, but sufficient studio. Um, but it does give us that chance to like welcome people into our home and, you know, we're Italian. So it's going to involve food, you know, it's, there's going to be subs or cookies or something. So I just think, you know, like Frankie said, it just helps everybody kind of, you know, be at ease. And then we, you know, we're, we want to, we want to 
walk away from our clients as friends. So that's how we kind of do it. Yeah, I, it, it, what's interesting is, right, I, I read a lot. Um, and, you know, there's this whole visionary integrator that you guys were talking about. Um, but in terms of like, like putting people at ease, right? Like everyone is really just searching for safety in the long run, whether it's personal or professional or whatever it is. And if you guys are, if you're inherently creating that safe haven, you're going to get the most authentic, productive um, shots, right? Videography, all of those things. So how, how, I guess, as you're coaching people through that process, how are you helping them own their story? Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit about helping the person on the other side of the camera realize that they have a story to share. What they have to say is valuable and that it's going to serve other people. So like for Chris, for example, like his classes and his courses, like we're like, yeah, go for it. You're confident because like this course is going to serve an audience, you know? So like, it's a little bit of actually like helping people see, like, it's all about service. It's about like, who is this message for? This is something that needs to be told. People aren't talking about this, like share it. And so we try to empower. And so it's kind of like helping people through um, in the beginning, maybe, I mean, Chris, you're very experienced in public speaking and some people like they have a little bit more insecurity. So we have to kind of like, you know, remind them who, who it's for and that their message has value. But, you know, with that, I'll say, like, I, I appreciate, I do have public speaking, but being an extrovert, one of the things that I found very hard is, especially when I was in my home studio this past year, you know, recording videos, I'm like, I have no one to smile or laugh or anything like that. And uh, again, I'm Matt, I'm picking on them, but like, they have the biggest smiles and they're physical affirmers. Nod. And I was, they're like nodding the whole time. I was like, man, this stuff that I'm saying is good just because like there's, and it could have been told, you know, baloney, but like uh, they, they were good with you, that. But, you um, should see us now with the mask on. We really have to nod. We have oh, to yeah. see our faces. We accentuate, we like exaggerate even more with when we're in a shoot with the mask on. Cause like we want people to see our facial expressions, but it's just like lots of eye contact and lots of head bobbing and yeah <laughs> that's but, part you know, of it, it. It's, it's genuine too because like we get excited when when we really understand where the where what the client is trying to share like everybody is like even you know when we filmed your content like we really believe you know personally in what you were doing mm. and that's usually how it is like we really hear some inspiring things and it's like it it's really blows us away sometimes so it's so, easy to get excited so with that, are you guys, I mean, anytime you're starting a business, you're probably trying to say yes more than no, but now that you're established, like, um, and you really want that connection with your clients, like, uh, how do you, how, like, how do you um, vet that? How do you um, establish to make sure that it's a mutual connection, right? In, in your site, you say it's a two-way story, right? Like, how, how do you, how do you make sure that you're taking on the right people? That's a really good question i feel like it's first on our end it starts with putting work out there that we want to get right so like creating the work that we want creating the work that we want to attract um and so that when someone reaches out to the us and we share our references and we're like if you look at our you know our library if you look does that line up with you 
And, and usually, I mean, we hear everybody out usually if someone wants to inquire and we're usually pretty honest and we're like, this is what we think the scope of work is because that's what this we think deserves that value. Um, and that means that we get no's and sometimes we say, you know, actually like this might not be a good fit right now for your business. Why don't, why don't you put it into your budget next year or whatever it is. Um, so it's a little bit, I feel like it's really for us, just like putting the work out there that we want, want to attract. What, what would you say to that, Rena? Cause that's yeah, my perspective. <laughs> I agree with that. And also I think, um, we've really have, especially this past year with the, with COVID because we used to like physically go out and meet with people. So now, you know, we're doing more zoom and these discovery calls, we call them discovery calls. And I, I feel like those are invaluable. They set the tone for the whole the whole job that if you know if it's going to happen because we really get to know them and then when we give a proposal back you know I really just try to like give back to the client you know in the proposal everything that's on their wish list you know and and outline it really well but I think that that first meeting is so important and um you know I just feel like they they get to know us uh, on a more intimate level that way than just saying, oh, well, how much does this cost? Well, yeah, we could give you a price, but like, we really want to know what you're trying to accomplish and what's your story and then what, how, how will we approach it? And by the time we offer the proposal and then maybe another follow-up meeting, you know, if it's the right fit, everybody feels it right away. So it really is helpful to do, do, it, do more upfront than, you know, trying to fill it in afterwards. Yeah. And that a, if it doesn't work out or maybe it doesn't work either way, like I've realized this is something I've grown in. It's like a no doesn't mean like a no forever, or it, it could just lead to like, we've gotten a no, but then that same person has referred us to someone that said, yes, it's just like, you kind of cast a wide net. And mm. I personally have been working on just holding loosely to inquiries. Like we serve well. And I'm also just like, and I'm, I'm resolved and okay. If that doesn't work out, it'd be great. But it's also like, that's, that's something I'm growing in is like not tying my worth to like getting all the yeses. It's actually getting a few yeses. Um, right. And usually it's not even personal. Sorry. Usually it's not even personal. It's sometimes down to scheduling sometimes. So that's the cool thing about the creative industry is that, you know, then we know other creatives we can refer them to like, well, this doesn't work out, but my other friend is available. He's very, he or she is very reliable, you know? So it's, it's usually, um, yeah, the whole, like as Steve jobs has a quote, that's like innovation is like saying no, or that's a paraphrase, but I just, I, I think that that, um, is something I'm, I'm definitely growing in. I know Rena is better at it than I am, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, that's something we're working on. Yeah, yeah. So it, what's interesting as I'm as I'm hearing that, right, is is so I think when Steve Jobs came back, right? So I think they had a thousand projects they were working on. And he basically said, We're gonna say no to nine hundred and ninety of these and just focus on these key ten. Yep. You know? And right, like no just opens the door to a yes. But True. you know, one thing that I've, I've kind of learned over the, you know, the, the last couple of years is, as I've grown uh, older and wiser um, is right. Relationship and timing is so key to business and that relationship takes many forms, but it's never personal, right? It's, it always, it yeah. always relates back to like, it's, it's business. It's not personal and business is relationships and timing. Right. Mm, so yes. 
Yeah. So, you know, do you guys have, like, can you reflect upon any of those times where like, you know, uh, the no turned into a really cool yes, or just something that, um, you know, rings true to, to, to that story that you guys have been weaving so far. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think so. Like there have been, there have been many times where someone will reach out and maybe that particular project didn't work out. And then you're right. If you take it personally, you think it's, what did I do wrong? You know, but it's, it's just a matter of timing or budget or, you know, a lot of different things, but you know, we've had many times where they've come back and, oh, well, we have this project. How about, you know, collaborating with that and, and it's worked out. So you can't, never write anybody off that's for sure and um sometimes um one of the mentors i follow she says sometimes a no or rejection is just an opportunity for like more information like maybe we didn't make something clear enough and maybe they're like a confused mind says no that that's another thing i i try to um remember so it's you know sometimes it could be the way we're presenting it too. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's never no forever. We've been really lucky and blessed that like a lot of our clients are repeat, you know, they come back. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and definitely the connection you guys make. Well, because uh, I know we haven't necessarily worked on a project in a little bit together, but one of the things that I really appreciated was back when the pandemic started, you know, you guys reached out and um, it seemed like you were doing a lot uh, for clients and for people. Can, can you tell us a little bit about like when, uh, you know, the pandemic was happening, your thoughts on, um, on how uh, like, like your clients and, and, and your business strategy, because like you were saying before, you know, it was not sure, like, could you be in the same room together? Or could you like do, right. you know, photography in the same way or video, like, like, just tell us a little bit about your approach yeah, to reaching out. Sure. I mean, I think that, um, and feel free to jump in mom, but like, sure. like we kind of had a team discussion, myself, Rena, and our producer, Michelle. And we were like, this is the time to like overgive and serve. And because people are very overwhelmed right now, like for many reasons, um, when it comes to media with our current clients, we were like, we just kind of reached out and we're like, listen, like if you, if your event got canceled, we have all this footage. So we can make a trailer. We can adjust the fonts. We can change the text. If you need a help with like a social media strategy, we're here for you. And we weren't charging for that because we weren't charging for that because our, our hearts really went out to them. Cause we were also in that position too, you know? So it was just kind of like, um, we, we just wanted to touch base with our clients, even if they didn't like take us up on that offer, just to know that we were here to come up with creative solutions um, and then we just started making more resources for people like different, like social media guides and like, you know, highlighting people on our Instagram more. And then, um, personally just like checking in with phone calls or a text message, like, do you need, do you need anything? We're here, you know, um, little, little things like that. Um, especially in the very beginning of this, when there was just a lot of confusion and like, yeah, a lot of fear, you know, and then in the very, very beginning of COVID, um, we did do one shoot that was um, the client filmed it on their cell phone and they emailed it to us and we edited it with some cool motion graphics. 
Um, then slowly we were able to do more, you know, socially distance outside. We still do masks six mm-hmm. feet apart, all that stuff. But in the very beginning, we definitely did edit some uh, cell phone footage for people. <laughs> yeah, it was really a, a kind of a scary time at the very beginning because you didn't know what to expect. And all of a sudden the calendar, like I look back on my calendar because I keep a physical calendar as well as, you know, digital ones. And like you see all this stuff and then all of a sudden you flip and it's like, oh, it's all like, you know, everything was Xing out and we, and we were right on the cusp of having some pretty big uh, contracts and like everything just got shut. They're like, no, you know, you can't come in and we can't do this. And so like Frankie said, we just started to find different ways. And I know everybody says that word pivot, but like one of the things we started to do, um, Frankie started doing like uh, coaching for social media. So that was a really great avenue because people still wanted to post content And, you know, she, they were, her and Michelle, they were like meeting one-on-one on on Zoom and, um, you know, helping people with their social media. And we just started, then we started creating, you know, flat lays. We've had people send us their products and we photographed them because obviously like portraits, that kind of stuff that did end for a little while until we could be outside. Then we did, we did do some shoots outside, but for the most part, you know, we didn't want to take any chances. So we, we kind of, the studio kind of just was a storage for a little while, but it, it, you know, it worked out. And then, and then more and more people needed these virtual events. So we really started filming a lot for that. They still needed their banquets, a lot of nonprofits. That's what they rely on for their, you know, for their donors to give every year. So we, we still did them. They were just online. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so kind of changing gears a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, your family is not just the two of you, right? How is it for the rest of your family with the fact that you guys are not just mother and daughter, but you are co-workers and co-creators of Storia Studio? Like, are there interesting dynamics that pop up? Do people kind of say, Rena, Frankie, chill. Like, you know, it's family yeah. time, not, you know, uh, yeah. business time. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, I feel like I can start with my siblings. Like we're all, we're a very creative family. Like my dad has a business as well. He, he does side things um, in engineering and construction stuff. And my brother who like, I, I have an older brother and an older sister. Like my brother freelances with like sound engineering and um, you know, just like design and things like that. And then my sister like on the side does dance and she also has a, she has a, a, a job at uh, UMBC. So like we all do different things, but we're a very creative household. So no one was surprised that like my mom and I went into business together, but it kind of is like a whole family thing. Like, I think that we definitely have gotten better at like turning off the like business talk around like family members or like when I'm hanging out with my husband, I try to like, you know, give him an update and then like chill out about the business. And then, um, yeah, like, I don't know, my sister's done so many voiceovers for us and my brother has like done audio stuff for us. And um, like my dad's been an extra and even grandma's involved. Like, right. <laughs> it gets crazy. But I mean, mom, as a mom, you can probably speak more into that as well. Yeah, I mean, it it, it took us a while, but because at the very beginning, of course, it, it's all we talked about. You know, we just, we didn't look at it as like work. We were just always discussing things. And then, I mean, we've gotten better now. We, we, we try not to like go too crazy, but I mean, honestly, everybody in the family, like Frankie said, they all have their own thing. So 
somebody's always talking about something. I mean, my husband's a civil engineer and like, you know, he'll wake up talking about earthquakes. So it's like, we're used to like everybody talking about their, their little niche, but um, you know, everybody's excited for us and it's been, it's been fun, but yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. Cause we, we also Boundaries have a, a, mul- a multi-generational, I mean, my mom lives here with us. So sometimes she's around or like, I'll drop her. I used to drop her off at the mall if we had a shoot here or something. So she's like, poor grandma, you know, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, I, um, you know, I know that Chris shared a bit of our backstory as we were, you know, coming on prior to, uh, you know, starting this recording. And what's interesting is, is, you know, this is my first time, you know, just scratching the surface of getting to know you. So I sometimes just love the flashback of, you know, Rena you know, like, take us back, right? Like, like, you obviously had to be inspired to get into photography, and, and someone had to play a role in that at some point. And, you know, there's, a you know, a whole family legacy that you guys are carrying on. So do you mind just sharing a little bit about yeah. your family's background and ancestry yeah. and heritage and, and how you guys even got to this point? Like, that's my favorite thing to talk about in the whole world. I could go on forever about my family legacy, because, you know, obviously we're Italian and um, both sides, you know, all my grandparents are immigrants from Italy, my mom as well. She has a very intense story living through World War II and coming here and building a life. And, you know, she was the one with the camera, like, believe it or not, it's kind of crazy. Like she took a lot of pictures. So we always had, you know, what we call snapshots now, um, you know, the shoebox full of all these pictures. So I always saw that. And um, honestly, I'm trying to think back, like when I was in high school, I think I, I joined the photography club and fell in love with the dark room and film and all of that. And I was like on the newspaper and the yearbook staff and all of that. And then I, I studied it through college. Um, but, you know, not quite sure what to do with it. And then having a family, I kind of always did things like on the side, friends and family, never really having a full-fledged business per se. But um, yeah, I really think it was, you know, my mom. And then on my dad's side, his brother, he he had like the, the old eight millimeter movie camera. We are so blessed that we have like a lot of um, old movies, which is just fascinating to me. I just, you know, I wish that we had more, but it's so great to have those things. So I just always documented everything when they were growing up, you know, they were my, everybody says like by the last child, they don't have enough pictures. Well, Frankie is the last child. She probably has more pictures than anybody (laughs) because I just, you know, was trying to learn more and more. So she's got even, I guess, better pictures than the other ones, really. The technology um, got better. (laughs) Yeah. The technology got better. Right. But um, yeah, so definitely. So, so your family, if I heard this correctly, because maybe I, I didn't, but your family came here after World War II. So realistically, like it's been kind of a, let's call it a medium sized window, right? Right. And, and what, what part of Italy were, were, was, was yeah. your family from? Um, they're all from Abruzzi, both sides. And what was really interesting is my grandfather, um, my mom's dad, he was basically coming back and forth, right? Because, you know, it wasn't good there. So he would come here, he would work, go back for a while, you know, try to make things work there, 
have a baby, come back, go back and forth. My mother and my aunt were born in Italy, but because when he was here, he became a citizen. They were, they were actually born as citizens of the United States. When he finally settled here and called for the family, it's an interesting story. Um, they had to wait for papers for his mom and my grandmother and the war broke out and all travel stopped. He was literally here for 11 years and they were there separated. Oh my God. I know. And so, yeah, he was, um, you know, um, in East Baltimore, he bought a house and just waited it out. And it's crazy because one of the, uh, one of the uh, earlier pictures that we do have is like, and they had the sense to do this, which amazes me is like my, my grandmother and my aunt as a baby in a portrait. And then he had a portrait done here and I don't know how they did this, but somebody spliced it together. And so they had this family portrait, but really they weren't even together, which wow. is just amazing to me. So there's that, I don't know, there's, the, I would love to know more, like everybody's gone at this point, but. Where is this photo? Like, is yeah. this in the house? Like, where is it? Yeah, my aunt, my aunt has the original one and I did, um, I did take some photos of it um, and made copies of it, but yeah. Well, even the coordination of that, like it's not like you can call on the phone and just say, all right, this is the backdrop. Make sure right, you, like you, know. How did they even know to do it. I don't know, you know, wow. but um, so we have, we have a lot of, a lot of those type of portraits and um, yeah, they, you know, and then of course, when they came, finally came, my mom was like 13 years old, but you know, her education had been interrupted. You know, they, they have they have stories. I mean, they have stories where the soldier, the German soldiers took over their house and the Americans came through and took over the house, treated them better. You know, all these I'm like, I don't even I don't even know what you people are made of. Like, you know, it's incredible. So I think that's where we get this, you know, these stories like these. It's so important. You know, I have a whole uh, wall in my family room. Like I call it my like le legacy wall with all the wedding pictures and all, you know, all the generations. It's just so important to me. I love that. Yeah. And Rena's been like the family archivist, like really like for real, like for like multiple sides, even like for my dad's side of the family too. Like, yeah, even at this point, like she's like interested in like, I don't know, even other people's families. You're like, I found this about your brother-in-law's aunt or something like right. that, whatever it is. Like, um, I think that, but it does definitely root back to like, so far beyond that, that it's like in us. And that's why, like, when we decided to even come up with the name Storia, Italian for story, of course, um, it was just like, of course it would be that because, um, like it has to start, it starts with like our story, you know? Um, and Rena is definitely like, yeah, I, I thought that like everybody had like well-documented photos, like growing up, but like we have these incredible like documentary style images, like film camera, like it's just, they're so beautiful. And so like, it's just really crazy. Um, yeah, Rena is like, I think a lot of times like uh, on social media, like, yeah, I run the accounts and stuff like that. But like, Rena is really like the heartbeat. I feel like you are mom of, of it, like, you know, uh, of our business and um, cause you had the vision for it instilled in you. Yeah. Just needed to wait for you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, no, and, and I think that's important. I think that's awesome. And, you know, it's like one of the things where um, 
See, uh, I'm a little jealous because I feel like film and photography is a lot more, uh, I'll use the word sexy than like HR management, which is the love <laughs> language in our house. Like Kate and I are, con- my, my wife, Kate and I, we're constantly talking about like, did you see this policy on this? And like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and our boys are like, oh my gosh, they're talking about like policies and laws again, you know, and uh, where I'm sure if we were videographers and photographers, they'd be like, oh, so cool. Like, uh, and that kind of stuff. So a little bit of jealousy there, but I, I love just, again, um, and, and one of the things that has always been fun working with you guys is the fact that, um, you know, there is the business partner relationship, there is the mother-daughter relationship, but also this friendship that happens yeah. there. Can you talk about and you've talked a little bit about this, but can you talk about like how you guys do manage the business and personal dynamic? Um, Cause I'm sure there's times where you disagree and Rena, do you pull out the mom card? Well, either your mother or like, you know, like um, how, how do you guys work with that and, and through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try yeah. not to, I try, I really try not to do the mother thing. You know, I really don't because I, you know, I just respect everything Frankie brings to the table. I, she, I feel like she's the heart of Storia. Um, I do. And, you know, honestly, we both bring a lot of different things, right? Because like, I have, I have more like life experience, but she is better on Instagram, you know, like, (laughs) can you show me how to do this? You know, that kind of thing. But yeah, you know, I think we always, and what was really crazy is when we first started the business, we were also planning her wedding. So sometimes we would call each other and we'd be like, okay, what, you know, we'd have to define what are we talking about? Okay. This is a story, a question. This is a wedding question. This is a family question, you know, like, so we had multiple things going on at the same time, but I think we manage it pretty well. You know, every once in a while we'll get a little crazy, but I feel like (laughs) when I, I really, I don't know. I honestly should interview our producer, Michelle. She could probably tell you more because oh like, <laughs> about that, because um, Michelle has this great gift of like, Rena and I are both extroverts and um, she kind of, we kind of like spitball a lot of ideas out. And then our producer kind of creates like tangible steps for us. And like, we'll be like, I'm going to email you what you need to do. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like helps us organize like our thoughts. And I think that like, mom and I have gotten into a really good rhythm of like, what's mine to do and what's hers to do and what do we need to delegate? So um, as we grow our team, like it's interesting to onboard people into like a family business. But I think that like, um, I feel like we also like stay in our lanes. Like I know that like, like Rena does a lot of like the proposals and um, script writing and um, just overall vision for a film. And I'm executing on it in the uh, post-production on the editing side. Um, and then Michelle, our producer is working on scheduling and there's like nitty gritty details. Um, I mean, we all three of us do, we wear a lot of hats and we switch, but I think we've also found like a good rhythm mm-hmm. as well. And I also think in general, like in the film and photography world, obviously, cause the scheduling is, it's not a typical nine to five. So I found that like when the work picks up, it really picks up, but Rena and I have gotten a lot better at scheduling in rest. So like a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, we had a really big shoot and then we took off on Monday. Like we're like, we have the rest of the weekend to recover, taking Monday off, like communicating that to our team. Um, so like just making sure it's balanced and, and hold each other accountable to that too. Like, Hey, rest, you know? 
so important. Well, and I mean, the mutual respect just comes out. I mean, you know, you sit here and you guys kind of ping pong back and forth. You're like, oh, no, you're the heart. You're the heart. Right. <laughs> so so I think everyone's getting a sense of that. Um, you know, when I think about the stories that, you know, we're starting to unfold here and, and some of the stories that I saw on the website, um, do you guys have like any that really stand out? in your world, whether maybe it was on the video side or, or just something that, you know, uh, like a project that really stands out to you, um, that you enjoyed doing or uh, that the person just had a, uh, you know, a great story themselves. Um, anything that stands out? So many. So many. I, I think that, um, recent, well, I'll let mom respond too but like for me we we recently did a video on a father daughter team um and mm. they um are in hanover pennsylvania shout out to them of <laughs> hanover auto team and it was really cool because it was just this like um passing of the baton like the father was like um passing his role of like ceo down to his daughter and there were so many parallels with like our stories even though they're completely different industries um and it was just so inspiring we also brought on some like new contractors and collaborators with that one so it was like it was just like this really cool like um experience where we we made some more longer form video and um like went in with a framework, but documentary is really cool because you you figure out what the story is like as it's unfolding. So I think that one is is definitely a highlight this year. But oh my gosh, I could name like I don't know. I know. Oh my, all our our jobs make me like cry when I make them when we edit. Right. So <laughs> what would you say, Mom? Yeah, it's hard to pick because we do um, we do so many that are close to our heart because um, you know we are at the end of the day, um, based around, you know, faith is so important to me and to Frankie. And so when we do anything that has that overtone, sometimes our jaws just drop. It's like, wow, did you hear what they just said? You know, and, um, and especially like for the nonprofits who are really trying to work towards, you know, a certain cause, it, it's just inspiring. Like they're just working so hard and um, I just love that we can be part of getting their message out. So, you know, I know recently we did some interviews at a local a Catholic high school and um, just hearing the stories, it's like, wow, there are some great people that exist in this world, you know, because sometimes you just get so bogged down with the, all the negativity and, you know, especially with young people, you hear so much negative stuff. And then when you really meet people that are like on fire and really have good values it's it's so heartwarming so i i love that just inspires me yeah no that's so cool i i mean it, it it's good and especially with Kath, and, and that's kind of why matt and i are doing this podcast um because we're just fascinated with stories and and especially uh, again people one of the reasons why we're starting here in baltimore is because there are plenty of people in our neighborhoods in our uh community that we need to connect with and, and mm -hmm. when you you don't have to go far or go to hollywood you know to capture these amazing inspiring stories i mean you know your your family alone i'm kind of like oh man i'd love to see the movie of that right like right, to right. see that played out um so uh you know just with 
uh, with the investments that you guys are making, you know, in your clients and everything like that, what are some of the investments you've made in yourself? Like what, what has been one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you have ever made? Um, whether it's professionally or, or personally. Mm. Yeah. I mean, personally, like in the last couple of years, I'm invested in, in counseling. Um, and, and not for like any particular reason, just like I want, I want to care for my mental health and, and being what I, I found that being a creative, like you wear your heart on your sleeve a lot. And I needed some help navigating some of that and, and just like a lot of life transition stuff. So like therapy all the way. <laughs> um, and, and not everyone wants, you know, has to go to therapy, but like, whether that's like just finding a mentor or um, a life coach or something, but that's really been like a such a blessing in my life um, and just helping me set boundaries and um, yeah, learn, learn about yeah. myself and become self-aware. <laughs> I'm still yeah. working on it, but yeah. <laughs> Frankie, the, the comment of creatives wearing their hearts on their sleeve, right? Can you tell us a little bit more of like what you mean by that and, and everything? And uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say that because as an artist, I would say any business owner, anyone that does something they care about, we don't even have to say it's just artists, but for me as an artist, it's like, you feel like the work is like a part of you. Like when I create a film, like it feels like, feels like a piece of me mm-hmm. in it sometimes. And that's good and bad, right? Cause that means like we put a lot of passion into our projects, but I've learned over time that like, I had a photography teacher in college say to me, like once like for critique, like when you hang your work up, on the wall. He's like, once it's on the wall, it's no longer yours. Mm. And I, 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 I say that because um, a lot of times our worth can get tied up in our work, you know? Um, and so just being a little like not removed to the point where you're like, you're cold about it, but removed to be like, I put, I did my best with this project. I'm open to feedback and criticism. And I accept that. And cause creation is like a collaboration, you know? So I think, um, earlier when I used to start out, like I just was overly sensitive and, um, just had a hard time, like, you know, being a team player with things and stuff like that internally. And now I'm like, yeah, of course this video needs feedback. Like, or yeah, like I would, I would have done these three things differently. It's like, just get more like, um, uh, it doesn't have as much like weight, you know, but also it doesn't mean I don't care about the work, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Rena, one of the things that I think about in just the way that you've carried your story so far, right? So um, I did not grow up in an Italian family, but I had several um, friends, right, of um, Italian background. My mom grew up in a very Italian neighborhood. And and Mm. funny enough, my grandmother who was like German and some other mix of things apparently had the best and you know sauce gravy I don't, I don't know what uh you know what everyone calls it uh, right. oh, man. That's it. That's Matt, it. we're gonna have to sit down and talk about the the red, the uh, red you know I didn't and... mean to get Chris started on it's one of sauce. his programs. Chris is Italian <laughs> yeah well but here hold on let me clarify uh just clarify there is Italian, Italian American, and then New York, New Jersey, Italian American. So, you know, like, yeah. just, we, but um, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So, so where I was driving with this, right, was, was like these places of congregation, right? So you were talking about how Frankie, you know, is uh, your youngest daughter 
right? Or your youngest child, right? Yeah. But, but you probably had so many of their friends come through the house and so many family members come through the house and so many people sit at your table. You know, when you think back, like who are, you know, like the impact that you must have had, right? Like, what does that feel like? I love all their friends. Like, honestly, we, we made a decision a long time ago to make our home the hub. Because first of all, there's a lot of scary things out there, right? And I know, Chris, you have young kids. This would be good for you because you need to know where they are, you know? And I, I told them a long time ago, like, you're not going to crazy parties. You're not driving in cars with boys. You're not doing any, but you can have your friends over here. So we made, we made our home like, like the center, you know, a little hub. And honestly, I... I really am blessed because I have such great relationships with so many of their friends to the point where like, I feel like, especially with the girls, like they're, they're like my other daughters, you know, and there are too many to even count. And they, they have all, you know, come to me for advice or whatever. I've gotten to know all of them different, you know, different phases of their life. And it's been so cool. I mean, I love that those connections and, um, yeah. Also, also, even um, just as a side note, one of my best friends texted me today and she was like, how's your mom? Like <laughs> that happens all the time. It's just like, can you like what? She, like she literally was like, what is she doing? And then my other friend today, I, a separate friend, we were checking in with each other and she was like, I really could use a pep talk from your mom right about now. And it's just like, that's just who she is. You know, it's so true, though. Yeah. I mean, I would get calls from people in tears and they're like they weren't calling my daughter. They were like calling me. Can I come over and talk about this? Of course, come talk. And, you know, we just, we just have this, we just have this extended family. And once, once you're in our circle, like you're, you're family, we will feed you. We will let you stay here. We will we'll do anything you need. And, and I, I love that because I grew up as an only child. So I, didn't really have, I had a lot of cousins, but I didn't have, you know, siblings in my own house. So when they would bring their friends there, I just loved it. I, I couldn't get enough of that. And, it, and I knew where everybody was because I was kind of controlling. Did. <laughs> yeah. So but you so stayed all, out of trouble. <laughs> so, so you, you, you guys are like the centerpiece to the friend group, the neighborhood, right. And, and all yep. these things, you know, and, and one of the questions that sometimes we enjoy asking people is, you know, whether it's living or dead or whatever, um, you know, who would you guys, and, and I think you should answer separately, but who would you like to have over for a dinner party, right? Um, could be famous, could be just someone that was important in your life, but who would you guys want to have over at the table if you could? Yeah, I mean... Oh man, this is an emotional question. I feel yeah. like I think you know you guys sent us this uh, uh, that question earlier, and now as we're chatting, I have a different response than what I wrote. Like, can I, we get I, both? <laughs> yeah, we can get both. Okay, okay. So alive, uh, like I mean, on a alive, I think um, like two of my like favorite mentors, like that Rena and I have talked about that we've never met in person, but like I talk about her all the time. Her name is Jasmine Starr. <laughs> And uh, she's an entrepreneur and a business strategist and just like, um, 
just just shares about like serving people well on social media and not caring about your follower count and just like bringing value um and similar another photographer uh sue bryce that my mom uh turned me to and she's incredible amazing educator that talks not just about photography but just like you know getting past the the barriers that come with building a business so I think that would be like living mm-hmm. um and then I mean of course people who have you know parted you know into the next life I think I don't know I, I mean I would I never met my mom's um dad like I think uh Frank yeah. Batista I would say would love to have met him I feel like he I mean he still like echoes through our lives I think um be, again like cause I think mom he gave you a camera right yeah um yeah. and I just know so so many yeah. stories of him and yeah I would say my grandfather yeah definitely if I had if I could have one day back with him I think you know that would be amazing or just like one big dinner party back at my grandparents house in their big huge uh, Italian kitchen with everybody just around that table like there there was just nothing like it yeah, but I would say my dad, I lost him pretty young. So, and he, he really taught me, you know, it's funny because even back then, you know, I was in high school and right then he was like, well, what do you think you want to do? And what do you, and I'm like, I don't know what, maybe, you know, maybe I want to be a hairdresser or maybe I want to do that. And he's like, well, you, he actually said to me, well, you could, you could have your own shop. I was like, oh, that's true. And he was already starting to like plan it kind of. And he just always, I don't know. He just always made me feel like, you know, if you just plan things out, you can do them. And he was sort of this, like, he was also very creative. He was a writer. He, um, I mean, him and his friends, they would get together. They wrote songs. He wrote a screenplay for a television show. They were trying to sell all these things that never really went anywhere kind of, but you know, I just always saw this like creative side and he would, he would make me write. He would be like, here, take this topic and write about it. You know, he would teach me how to write, which is just different, you know? So I, I kind of, you know, I wonder like what would things have been like if he was still around or, you know, how he would have loved my kids and things like that. So, well, I, uh, when I was hearing that, like, uh, man, I got I, choked up. It's not the right word, right? But um, w- I grew up in a family that we had those big gatherings, right? And those just don't happen for like now. Granted, I live 180 miles away from my relatives, but even when I go back, it's just not really the same, right? And I think there's yeah. something to be said there. But where I was, you know, what was really resonating with me in there was, you know, I'm I'm raising a daughter right? She's an only child. Mm. And the conversations that you had with your dad, like, you know, my daughter's only eight, but we're having those conversations now. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm on the right path, you know, like, and now it's like, I want to pick your dad's brain. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, So uh, no, I love that. Thank you both for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. Great question. His his favorite, his favorite thing to say that, because he was pretty overprotective too. And I was always prepared for whatever, anything that could possibly happen. I had the, the money stashed in the wallet. You know, if you need to call a cab, if you need to do this, if you, whatever. But he would always say to me, when in doubt, come home. Hmm. That was, so home was always so important. When in doubt, come home. Yeah. 
You know, um, one of the themes I feel like with this story that we're unfolding here is, uh, you know, just this ability to come around the table and just talk and be honest and authentic. And um, with uh, so many people, um, you know, wanting to be entrepreneurs or even get into the creative business, whether it's writing or photography or things like that, um, so many people get into it and they might uh, face obstacles or uh, adversity along the way. Um, what advice, um, if, if you were to sit down with a group of, you know, either just young, young people in your industry or, uh, you know, soon to graduate uh, college or high school students, what advice would you want to pass along to them to help them succeed? I think the main thing is like, really try not to compare yourself to anybody else first of all, because especially like in the photography world, it's so easy to like look at all these other photographers or videographers and you see their work and you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not good enough or I don't have the right gear or, you know, all these things. But like, you know, start where you are and build on it and build. The main thing you need to build is your self value, your self worth, because if you don't believe in what you're worth, you're never going to be able to make a living at it. And I think we struggle with that at the beginning too. Like we want to, you know, we're so afraid to like charge the right prices at the beginning because, you know, we're trying to get clients, but you don't know things like, oh yeah, you have to pay taxes. You have to do these, you know, you have to put money back into your business, all these things. But, um, you know, I would say just study your craft well and, and master it as much as you can um, and know your value and, don't be afraid of being rejected and don't compare yourself to other people because that'll, mm. that's the first strike right there. Yeah. Yeah. What would you or say, people, Frankie? Or people that you look up to, um, whether you like can actually get to know them or maybe it's someone like, maybe you, it's an author that you look up to or someone you, you might not meet, like pick, like try as best you can to pick their brains because usually like find a mentor, you know, find someone mm. and ask them questions, like get curious. Like um, my therapist actually just told me, she was like, if you find yourself like being jealous, like maybe it reveals actually like a desire that you have. Um, like, yes, you know, if you're jealous, maybe you need to actually like repent or whatever. But like uh, oftentimes it's like, oh, I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know that I wanted that. So like pay attention and pay attention to that, to that. And, and in tandem, like really everyone's just trying their best. And like, we really believe that like, uh, there's enough work to go around for everybody. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different industries that, that might feel oversaturated, but actually like, yeah, when there, there's enough work for everybody, we've been talking about like pulling up a seat at the table yeah. and then, you know, um, so much better to collaborate than to be in competition with everybody all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and we need more of that. I mean, as cliche as that might sound or poly, mm -hmm. like we, we've been trying to do everything on our own for too long and, right. and, and not just in your industry, but just in so many different aspects. And, you know, Matt, when you were sharing about coming around the dinner table, I mean, you know, it's like, yeah, how, how, how nice, you know, the area that we grew up in, you could walk into someone's house and, and, you know, someone was home and, you know, if your friend wasn't home, their parents were around and you could connect with them. And, and, um, you know, again, part of the, like the desire that Matt and I have with this podcast is not just to 
connect people, you know, through this medium, but even, uh, you know, we're constantly evaluating, okay, in our neighborhood, how do we make our neighborhood, you know, more like, like what we had as kids and, you know, um, and and more friendly like that. And so um, we are just uh, grateful that you guys can share that story. Um, I mean, as always, and I I feel like now I have to call you guys up and and have another conversation and we could (laughs) talk for hours and, and, um, and my mind's racing with that. Um, but, uh, uh, just to, if people want to like connect with you, if people want to learn more about you, what are, uh, I know we will have your website in our show notes and everything like that, but what are the best ways to connect with you guys? Yeah. Um, Instagram at Storia studio, uh, you know, hit us up in the, in the direct messages there, or, you know, on our website, Storia studio, Dot com. But um, on our on our social media, we also try to post like a lot of tutorials and like value driven stuff. So if that interests you about entrepreneurial stuff um, and seeing me and Rena be goofy on stories, oh. <laughs> um, if you want to be entertained, you can find us over there and Facebook, too. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. In, in, uh, you know, I know that we're wrapping up here, uh, so this may or not make it in, but you know, one of the things that you guys just got me thinking about uh, in, in the advice that you give, because I'm in a I'm in a business where, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing with a lot of people and spending a lot of time with lots of different people. And, you know, don't compare right in the, in the industry that I you know, that I, I come from. That's huge. But um, Frankie, you hit on something. You hit on something that I thought was really cool and I think is so accessible that people are still afraid to go after is mentors from afar, right? So there's um, someone in my life who's a mentor from afar. His name is uh, Jordan Montgomery. Uh, he runs the Montgomery mm-hmm. companies. He's got a podcast. I mean, I've met him and his he's just an incredible guy. Um, and the people he brings on, right, are really incredible. And, and what I found is, is when you start to find what you're passionate about, which you guys have obviously found that medium. <laughs> it starts to like attract other people or, or you can reach out to the people that, that shared that love or that gift or whatever it might be. And so one of the things that I've made sure during the pandemic was to start reaching out to those people, yeah. right? And if they didn't respond, I didn't take it personally. And if they did respond, it was like, I got to have a really good question for this person. And I got to sh- uh, lead with gratitude. Right. And, um, you know, just offer myself if there's any way I can ever be a resource. So, you know, that that uh, that just really resonated with me about, you know, uh, like, don't be afraid. If you want to be an entrepreneur, go for it. Believe in yourself. Right. You're going to probably fail and trip and do all these things time and time again. But if you're studying your craft. Right. Like anything's possible. And, uh, and so what you guys brought to the table today, I think is just such a, um, a tremendous testament to that. So anything that, uh, you know, before we close the door on our conversation, any, any last remarks or, or things top of mind for you guys? Yeah. I mean, to that, I think that, um, it, it's that whole, like we were talking about cliches, like putting yourself out there, but like for real, like even speaking of reaching out to people you look up to like today on Instagram, I tagged an author of a book I'm reading. It was just a picture. 
of my, my book and my coffee. And the author reshared it to her stories. And I messaged her and said, I needed to hear this today. And she said back, I'm so glad it, it, it was so helpful. I'm like, we live in a world where actually like people are much more accessible. I'm not best friends with this author, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I have to thank this person. Like, thank you for um, changing my life. Like this morning, <laughs> it's really crazy. So it's like, what yeah. like you were saying, Matt, like, what's the harm in putting yourself out there? Even if it's just to thank somebody, I read your book. I listened to your podcast. Um, I, I, I follow you on YouTube, whatever it is. It's like, people are usually down for conversations and, um, you can apply that those same principles also in, in real life too. Um, thank the mentors or the teachers that you've had over the years, you know, like let them know that they've had an impact like on you, you know? love that. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, this has been so much fun and, uh, we are so glad to have you guys on the show. And again, if uh, people want to reach out to them, you can find them on Instagram at Storia studio and, uh, online at storiastudio.com. And of course we'll have those links in the show notes. Um, Frankie, Rena, on behalf of Matt and I, thank you so much for being here. Uh, uh, we just had so much fun getting to know this you guys. Was great. Just a little bit yeah, more. thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you, you so for much. having us. This is so great. It's just a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, Matt. So, uh, what did you think about our conversation with Frankie and Rena? Yeah, two things that really stood out to me. The first is is throughout the entire conversation, I felt like I was at that table that they talked about. Right. And it brought me back to my roots in New Jersey of just, you know, family gatherings and whether it was a holiday or a Saturday or Sunday barbecue, um, you know, family is really big. And, you know, as our listeners probably know by now, moving 200 miles away from where you grew up, that dynamic shifts dramatically. And so, you know, spending time with them uh, was was really unique. And I just, I, I felt like I was with family again. And then the second thing, um, and, and I, I don't know if our listeners picked up on this was, you know, I, I alluded to my daughter and I even said this to um, Frankie and Rena is that the conversations that they were having that led them down the pathway of being in business together are actually conversations I'm having with my daughter right now, who's like eight going on nine. And I'm like, okay, like maybe I'm on the right path of this thing. Cause I really, you know, after this, I, I like completely look up to Rena and I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, okay, like there's some validation in this. So I, I hope our listeners got some of that as well. Well, and, and you know, I, I like appreciate you sharing that because I know when we've talked, um, uh, just the way that you invest in, in, in your daughter and, um, and some of the things that she's like, uh, that you guys are doing together and the questions she's asking. And again, we know that she's only eight uh, folks, but like still uh, it's never too early to invest in uh, your kids. Um, in fact, you should always be investing in your kids, but I uh, uh, just love um, seeing that. And and I definitely saw that too with, with Rena and Frankie, especially for knowing them in that time. And just one other thing that you touched on um, too is yeah, w- with both of us being living away from home, living away from family, do miss some of those like, you know, kitchen table kind of conversations, right? Kitchen counter conversations where you just sit down with mom or dad or your siblings and um, just talk with people who know you like for better or for worse. 
but uh, um, and and having that that family feeling. And I think that's again one of those hidden things that have drawn us to this podcast, right? To connecting with with other people as well. Yeah, and their storytelling and and you know um, like the stories about Rena's grandparents and parents and like putting that that was picture together like yeah. was nuts. Yeah, and, it, and I like left there and I'm like. I need to like, yeah, I need to like go and talk to all my real living relatives right now and get like one story from each of them. Right. Yeah. Like, like we, you know, a lot of what we talk about is connecting with people, you know, personally and professionally. And a lot of times we think about it as like either business or peer to peer. And like, this just kind of inspires me to call some of the people who helped shape the person that I am and just say, Hey, can you just share a story about like what it was like for you growing up and, mm-hmm. and be, you know, mm-hmm. be able to be that historian, right? Like, cause that's not, uh, that's not an infinite game that we get to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're right. Like connecting with family, connecting with the people who shaped you and impacted you in, in your journey is, is huge. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I look back and I look back, look at, um, some of the ways that my parents, aunts and uncles, neighbors, you know, people I grew up with kind of shaped perspectives, decisions, uh, you know, even where I am today. Um, and and I, you can't ignore that, right? It, it's just a part of who we are. And I think it's something that uh, we would definitely encourage people to do. So kind of a, a good takeaway for our listeners is to look at who, who are people that you need to connect with that you already have that relationship with or have that relationship with. Maybe it's a family member you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it's uh, a coach or um, a teacher or, you know, uh, you know, someone from your past who uh, really shaped who you are today. And maybe just reaching out to them and asking the question like, hey, how are you doing? You know, um, I think that would be definitely key. Um, Matt, any final takeaways or thoughts from uh, Frank Emina's conversation? No, man. Thank you so much for cool. connecting and bringing them into my world. Yeah, no, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, Matt, because I feel like the more we talk to these guests, I'm like, I want to hang out with them more than just this one interview. So um, even though I know Frankie and Rena personally, it'll be good to connect with them sooner than later. And if you guys want to learn more about Frankie and Rena, just go to their website, uh, storiastudio.com. <clears throat> we'll have links to that website as well as other ways you can connect with them in our show notes. Um, and of course, to get those show notes and any other information about any of our guests, go to betweenthemiles.com. Again, that's betweenthemiles.com. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Between the Miles. And uh, we would love to connect with you and even possibly hear your story and, and maybe even share that on the show one day. Uh, and so you can reach out to us by going to our website, betweenthemiles.com. And of course, if you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere, this podcast can be heard. Leave a five-star review, especially if you enjoyed it. Um, even if you didn't enjoy it, leave a five-star review. Uh, but uh, share this with your friends, your families, your neighbors. Use it as an icebreaker to connect with someone that maybe you want to talk to. But uh, Matt, It's always a pleasure uh, talking with you and our guests, and we'll see you all next time. This has been a Between the Miles production. Your hosts, Chris Wesley and Matt Wells. Music provided by Jam Studio, Wide Open Road. For more information, visit our website at betweenthemiles.com.